Hello, you're listening to C Z of Movies. My name is the Colin on the C. Joining me is Zijan the Set. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. How are you enjoying the heat wave? Uh, I don't like the heat, if I'm honest. Um, I like a nice, <laughs> less cool temperature. Um, although last Thursday, when it was the hottest day, the ho- possibly the hottest day ever in the UK. Yep. Um, I was inside for most of the day with with a, with a wet flannel on my head. Um, then I leapt into my a car. Wet Zijan. flannel hat. Wet, a wet flannel, just sitting on my head. Wow. Um, I leapt into my car, switched the aircon up, drove to Wolverhampton, watched Wolves uh, win our first Europa League match, our first uh, European football match in 39 years. How do you manage to squeeze a football reference into this uh, <laughs> this topic of conversation? Like, we were just talking so nicely about the weather. Uh, you can never know when it's coming. I can bring it into any conversation. Uh, it was it was a great football match. Thank you for asking about the football match, Susan. I did not ask. Um, today we're talking about the Lion King. Uh, we're also talking about San Diego Comic Con, which uh, which is probably even hotter than here. I guess I don't know. It is. It is. Um, but first, Susan. First, we're going to talk about the news. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any movie news that's not Comic Con before we do a little uh, Comic Con? Yes, section? I do. Cool. I I do. I do. Um, so. It's uh it's big for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Avengers Endgame has finally surpassed Avatar. It is the best-selling film of all time. Which comes at no surprise, really, given that they've so yeah, they they were very close second, and then they did the re-release. So yeah, I think it was yeah. uh, inevitable. But, uh, although I've I've heard suggestions that uh, they might re-release Avatar in advance of Avatar Two. So it might be a short-lived record. <laughs> well, it, it's not like... Um, <laughs> I'm pretty certain there will be uh, lots of screenings in the future where they'll show both Avengers Part 1 and Part 2 together as well. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, that Avengers will be on top it's for they, a could be, they could be uh, overtaking each other for the next <laughs> decade or so. It's... Uh, yeah, um, well done them. I mean, it's It's... I, it's weird. It's, it's kind of weird to celebrate your, the film you like winning that record. But I suppose I think it was better than Avatar, so why not? Uh, it's still going a long, long way to go before it gets to the most watched film in cinemas, which is Gone with the Wind. But um, yeah, I mean, inflation means it's going to get beaten at some point, doesn't it? And it seems to Avatar managed to do it basically because everyone was buying 3D tickets as well, which is more expensive. So I think that's true. Um, what else we got? Uh, <clears throat> So Damien Chazelle, the man behind uh, Whiplash and La La Land and First Man, um, uh-huh. he's going to be doing a film which may star uh, Emma Stone and Brad Pitt uh, about uh, the start of the talking or talkies, the, uh, the the end of the silent era of movies and the start of sound. Basically, like the artists just like singing the artist in the rain and singing in the rain, indeed. But this one is R-rated. Apparently, <laughs> unlike the artists all singing in the rain. Uh, yeah, they were they weren't armed. <laughs> they were very much. I guess they're probably you. Well, actually, there's kind of there's some strife in the artist movie that I got a PG. Anyway, uh, so Emma Stone obviously worked with Damien Chazelle in Nano Land. Uh, and won an Oscar for that. And won an Oscar for it. So why wouldn't you? Um, I hope they're not pairing those off as a romantic pairing because there's a significant age difference. Well, I suppose uh, probably no more significant than singing in the rain. I've got no idea. Oh, well, I, I'm looking forward to this. I still like Damien Chazelle, even though I've not seen First Man. First Man was a bit underwhelming, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, I certainly look forward to that. Well, speaking about underwhelming, oh, the yeah. trailer for Cats came out. So this is... I find this very strange. <laughs> I, why, why does everyone hate Cats so much? It's one of the most popular musicals of all time. And people people have been hating this thing for months before before it was anything. And now there's a trailer, and I thought it looked all right, but everyone seems to. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to watch the the musical to find out. Okay. I mean, yeah, for to me, it's just very plotless, really. So, um, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't, I don't get why people like it more than I hate it personally. Okay. Yeah, that's because I, I was reading an article about this guy who's seen like at least five hundred performances of Cats. Oh boy. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't get the love for it, but I don't hate it. But this trailer has gotten quite maligned <laughs> by the public. It's got skewed, properly skewed. Um, so it's, it's using uh, advanced fur technology 
to, to make the people yes. look like cats. Um, although people have been uh, less impressed by the face face CGI, I guess, to put the faces on the front. Well, it's uh, yeah. to make them look vaguely cat-like. It, it does seem that they've gone to a lot of effort to reproduce what would happen if they just put on a cat suit with some fur on it. Which is why they look like in a musical. Yeah, uh, I think they got way too much hate, especially compared to the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer, which is definitely much worse than this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Well, it's uh, it's coming out in Christmas time. And it's, it, as I said, I'm not, I'm not going to watch. It, I don't think, but it, it, I listened to the Empire podcast quite a lot, and, and and they spent a good ten minutes just lambasting this. And I think that's just it's, <laughs> it. Just seems such a mean way of approaching. It, it, Fair enough, if you've seen a film and you don't like it, feel free to criticise it. But to, to have all this kind of gleeful hoping this is going to be bad, pretty much, it seems. <laughs> I, just, I don't like it. Anyway, speaking of things that are going to be bad, uh, The Little Mermaid. Um, <laughs> um, Harry Styles is in line for Prince Eric. Uh, uh. Javier Bardem is in line for King Triton, despite the best efforts of Terry Crews uh, on social oh, really? media. Wow. Now... Um, we we learned last week or last time rather that uh, uh, Haley Berry, yep, uh, is going to be Ariel, and she's black. Um, Javier Bardem is white, so presumably she's got a, a black mother somewhere. But um, I'm told that we don't see the mother in Little Mermaid. No, you don't. So who knows? Uh, or maybe well, they're not too bothered about that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't think I'm going to watch this film either. No, not a chance. Especially not if Harry Styles is in it. <sighs> yeah, I mean, good luck to the guy. <laughs> he, yeah, was, well, he, he was fine in Dunkirk, I suppose. Well, he needs something to do after One Direction split up. If one Direction split up? Yes, Colin. Oh, no. You need to keep up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what else is there? Um, the Barbie live-action film. Yes. Has uh, tapped uh, Greta Gerwig. I can't pronounce her name. Greta Gerwig and uh, Noah Bombak to write the screenplay with uh, Greta potentially directing. Which is so strange. <laughs> it is. It is. It's such a different take from what Greta is used to doing. And I, I know as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're both kind of indie indie writer-directors. Um, so Noah's, Noah Bombak's done things like The Squid and the Whale, uh, Greenberg, Francis Ha, uh, I'm sh- While We Young, which wasn't bad. But yeah, they're kind of indie darlings, and I don't know what this Barbie movie is, because originally it was going to be uh, was it Amy Schumer or was it Rebel Wilson? It was uh, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Mm. And then it was Margot Robbie, and I think yep. there can't be many roles where the Amy Schumer and Margot Robbie are the people you're choosing between. I, I kind of get that because Margot Robbie looks more like a typical Barbie, I guess, with the mm. blonde hair and all this, but. So I don't know. Well, we're, we're not going to watch this film anyway. So, well, I'm so intrigued. I'm, really? I just because these writers, those that got cast, I think because I, I obviously have no interest whatsoever in in Barbie, and it's a, in in its own. Is it Mattel or whoever, whoever owns Barbie? Yeah, Mattel. Yeah, is is obviously behind this, but rather than the kind of just a big advertising thing, which you would have assumed it is, this seems to be trying to do something a bit cleverer. How could this be good, though? How could this be good? I don't know. I mean, because any message. I'm sure it's going to be a message movie about how it doesn't matter what you look like, it's what's on the inside that counts. Something like that. But that doesn't feel in line with selling lots of Barbies. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, the best Barbie film is Toy Story 3. So Okay. Um, so last time, you may recall, Zijan, we talked about the uh, the possible casting of Elvis Presley in the biopic. Yep. In the short list of five, I think we said. Um, mm-hmm. Even before we uploaded the podcast, um, the decision was made, and we were way out of date. But we can rectify that now by saying Austin Butler, uh, by far the least well-known of the shortlist, uh, has been cast. So he will be the, the Elvis for um, uh, who, oh, wow. whoever it was who's doing the Elvis. I can't remember. Now. Well, oh. that's what we spoke about, right? We thought that it, it could be a, a relative unknown, because uh, Rami Malek was a relative unknown when before he became Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I mean, I guess for Mister Robot, he was he was known for that. But so, so but yeah, you're right. I think um, to have the star as being someone that yeah, you don't have the uh, I don't know their history getting distracting you. It can just be Elvis. I, I've got no idea really what Austin Butler looks like. But no. maybe he's a really good singer. Baz Luhrmann. Um, yeah, I'm assuming he must be. Assuming he must be. So yeah, I think I, I would quite like Miles Teller in the role. But um, yeah, be interesting to see what they do with us. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't have any other news apart from San Diego Comic Con stuff. So um, <laughs> the only other one <laughs> I had is, uh, is some James Bond news. Um, so in the new, this is a kind of a spoiler apparently. So if you absolutely eager to know what happens in James Bond and um, when it comes out as opposed to before, then you can skip the skip next, next ten bit. seconds. Um, 007 will be a black woman. Oh yes, I've read this. Yeah. Um, however, that they're not making James Bond a black woman, which is. It's sensible because James Bond is a man, um, mm-hmm. but they are making the the agent to reserve a black woman. Okay. Um, isn't it? And it, I can't remember her name, but it's it's the woman who plays um, is it Monica Rambeau, the, the Captain Marvel's friend. Ah, okay. I it's okay. going to be her. Um, I don't know how big a part it's going to be. There's talk maybe of a spin-off or something like that, but um, bear in mind that when Halle Berry played Jinx in Die Another Day, uh, the mm-hmm. Uh, there was talk of a spin-off for her character, and that did not happen. So, yeah. who knows? Uh, I don't really care about James Bond, especially at this point in time when it's been, you know, there have been talks about it for ages now. It feels, it feels like it's been going on forever, so I just can't be bothered yeah, anymore. It definitely feels like it needs a, a reboot, um, or at least a new Bond. Well, San Diego Comic Con. Um, hey, uh, lots f- and lots of news. Lots of news. Sadly. Um, the the good listeners of the CDZ of movies uh, did not club together to get us tickets to San Diego. No. Uh, not this year. Although next year, if you want to do that, feel free. Um, so we had to follow it from the comfort of our own homes. Which I, I believe will be more comfortable than the San Diego Comic Con. I'd be up for going to Comic Con. I think it'd be great fun. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so send your free tickets to us. Yeah, please, please do. Um, you know where to find us. Uh, well, where, where do you want to start? Marvel, right? Honestly, probably, probably, probably the sensible place to start. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of news from Marvel. So, um, Kevin Feige has announced Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic well, Universe. Oh, it is part of it, right? Has he? I, it, he's announced the next two years of stuff. I, I reckon Phase 4 is going to be longer than that. But mm. So, first up, that's the first film that's coming out next year is Black Widow. Mm. And that's coming out in May 1st, 2020. Which, uh, despite the fact they've been filming it for some time, they hadn't yet confirmed it was existing. So, but now they have. It's definitely there. Uh, it's directed by Kate Shortland, which we already knew. In fact, I'm not sure there's anything that we didn't already know. Um, uh, fact- well, David Harbour is in it. I didn't know that David Harbour was going to be in it. I thought we knew that. Maybe not. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and I didn't know the main villain's going to be Taskmaster. Mm. Yes, I had I'd heard rumours of that, I think from set photos, but I don't think we mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, so t- uh, tell me about Taskmaster, Zijan. <laughs> How did I know that you, this is going to happen? You set yourself up for that one. <laughs> I know, I know. Taskmaster is uh, a mercenary, a hired gun, uh, who has the ability to replicate um, abilities or physical abilities. So, for example, if he sees a concert pianist playing a musical piece, he can he can replicate that completely. So this this seems uh, like, so this is a power as opposed to a sign. It, it's a power. So basically, we see someone perform some martial arts. He can replicate all of that immediately. How does he get his powers? So, is it? Do you know? Oh, I'm not too sure how he got his powers okay. <laughs> per se. But he he he's just known as a hired mercenary. Really, he's just out there to make as much money as possible. He tried being a good guy for once, but then he realized he didn't make enough money by doing that. So he it's just became a hired guy. It's the journey we've all been on, Zija. Uh, <laughs> no one's paying me enough money to you know kill some people um, me, me, me neither that's a very short pause there but anyway I'll let you go um, yeah so I think it, there's been some talk of so this this year at the MCU we had um, uh, Captain Marvel Endgame and then Spider-Man and they've all made a billion dollars at least um, yes. there is some suggestion that there's no billion dollar movie next year I don't know. I think Black Widow is very popular as um, with with fans of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, I reckon this could do it. I reckon it might surprise people. Partly because I'll be happy. Oh. it's only their second female lead. Well, third if you count Wasp. Um, but also, yes, there's so much love for that character. That's true. This will be um, her swan song, right? Presumably. I mean, it's interesting to know where they'll go with this. Because they, they, the, the rumour is it's set after Civil War, but before Infinity War. Um, okay. That's, I don't think that's been confirmed at all. Uh, they showed some footage in Hall H, and that included um, something happening in Budapest, which is quite frequently referred to uh, as, as where uh, um, Black Widow and, and Hawkeye were fighting bef- well before Avengers. 
so either that's a flashback or or actually is all an extended period happening there. But yeah, whether they bring her back from the dead somehow or whether they do other sequels, I, I think you're right. I think this is this is the swan song. It should be, yeah. I wonder if Jeremy Reno make an appearance as well. I'd be amazed if he didn't. I, I'm, I'm sure he'll be. I'm sure he'll turn up. Because yeah. their stories are so intertwined, aren't they? So yeah. I mean, and the period of setting means that we're not going to get uh, Hulk, which I thought we might do, depending on when they when they said it. And I presume we're not going to get. Uh, well, we we might get Captain America, I suppose, because they they teamed up, didn't they, before Infinity War? So perhaps we're going to yes. get something from that. But, um, yeah, I I think there's so much possibility of what they might do here. I kind of hope they, I, I do hope they they don't bring her back somehow. I think if they like. Because there's ways that you can do these things. At the end of the film, like tell you what, I'm going to substitute you with a life action decoy. This kind of thing. Nah, it's classic. She puns to death. It's classic comic. uh, It is (laughs) comic stuff. And I really hope they don't do that. And and I think now, yeah, it feels like the the, the torch has been passed on with with Captain America and and Iron Man bowing out in Endgame. So I think probably this is the last we'll see of her. It makes sense. And the thing is, the Black Widow is a code name anyway. It's quite likely there may be more than one Black Widow. All right. Okay. Someone takes up the mantle of Black Widow. Um, oh, interesting. So we've also got Rachel Weisz in this, which you already knew, um, and a couple of people I didn't recognise. Florence Pugh. Oh, Florence Pugh, of course. Yes, mm. yes. Um, of whom great things are expected. Yeah. So that's uh, the first film uh, in twenty twenty. Yep. And then the second film is The Eternals, which is coming out on November six. 2020. I was surprised that there are only two films coming out next year, but I guess given the 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 epic end of Phase Three this year, I think they're just gonna start fresh with just two films yeah, this the, time around. It's been a while since they did just two, but um, unless they're gonna sneak something in, which I don't think they will. Uh, hey, Zijan, on the sixth of November, 2020, how old will you be? <laughs> just, like, just, oh. just out of interest. No, I'm not gonna mention my age on this. <laughs> I will be 21. <laughs> oh, right. Um, I, for long-term listeners, it falls within that lovely window where I'm a year younger than you. So uh, I think it's worth. Um, <laughs> no, you wouldn't be. You're just a month younger than me. Uh, I think you're fine if you look at our age. Anyway, um, so Eternals have got a massive cast of of, of diverse um, backgrounds and, and characters, mm-hmm. and so you've got small children, you've got young, go, uh, youngish men, you've got oldish women, you've got all sorts. Um. So again, I think there was nothing we didn't already know in this lineup, was there? No, nothing new. Nothing new. I think we've mentioned Eternals quite a few times as well in previous podcasts, mm. and I think all the casts we've mentioned before. So, so I think in terms of how well this is going to do, I, I don't think this is a billion dollar film. I think this is because it's such an unknown property, and with it really is. I'm, yeah. I'm not even quite sure what the tone they're going to take with this. So, like Guardians of the Galaxy was. Also an unknown property, but they have James Gunn at the helm, and obviously he made it more comic relief than anything else. I'm I wasn't too, I'm not too sure with the Eternals, cause I did tell you I've just recently read the comic books, yeah, yeah, and they are definitely on the more serious side of of Marvel. So I, I I'm not too sure how they're going to um play into this and how it fits into the entire Marvel universe. Yeah, because um, obviously they're making it much more cosmic and, and well, they already have gone very cosmic, but this is completely. Um, it's, it's, the film feels like it's repositioning the MCU a little bit to, to take on more of that world uh, mm. yeah I, mean, I think that the cast so Angelina Jolie who looks to be honest looks really out of place in Comic Con it doesn't feel like her natural home at all um, she's quite a big star but she's not really had a hit for a while so I don't think people are rushing to see the next Angelina Jolie film um, I was I was keeping track on the uh, on the Oscar winners who have uh, have been announced so Rachel Weisz and Angelina Jolie both Oscar winners Yep. Um, Kumar Nanjiani, I believe, is an Oscar winner, but for, for writing rather than acting. Yep. Uh, Summer Hick, has she won anything? No. No. Mm. The, the, there's only one more Oscar winner announced, but that's, we'll, we'll, we'll save that, shall we? Um, okay. Yep. Uh, okay. So, tell us, so what's, um, what's 2021? 2021, the first film that comes out is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they finally announced a cast for it, which is uh, Simu Liu. Tony Leung and Okafina. How many of these do you know? Well, I know, I know Okafina. Although I say Okafina, a lot of people call it Aquafina, which doesn't make any sense to me because it sounds weird. It's basically her name has been the same as awkward. Surely you pronounce it the same as awkward. Anyway, I know her from Ocean's Eight. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think I've seen something else, but I can't remember what. Uh, I don't know the I don't know the other two, although I've had a look at them. Simu Liu is not particularly well known, is he? No, um, he is on Netflix right now in Kim Kim's Convenience, which is a very oh, yeah. good TV series. Yeah, about uh, a Korean uh, grocery store in Canada. Because I think Simu Liu, the actor, is Canadian. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And Tony Leung um, is very big, like super, super big. Okay. Very, very big in Asia. Like, imagine him as like the, I was going to say George Clooney of uh, Asia, Asian Hollywood, or more like Daniel Day-Lewis kind of okay. stardom. Wow. Yeah, he is insanely, insanely popular. Like, um, he starred in the original, um, he started in Infernal Affairs, which was the... Yeah. The, the, the film that became The Departed, yes. which won Scorsese his Oscar. Um, and he played, I think, the cop that was the undercover cop. I can't remember whose character it was. Leo Leonardo's DiCaprio's character. Yep, yep. In the film. Yeah, and he's, he's big. And I if Disney picks him, uh, if, yeah, Disney picked him for, for one reason alone, I'm pretty sure he's going to get lots and lots of uh, Asian. So yeah, <laughs> so this is going to be huge in China, isn't it? And by twenty twenty one, China will be the main film market in the world. It will be. It's insane. Like it's his. He. You have no idea how big he is in Asia. It's, it's okay. crazy. Uh, wow. So um, and the big thing for for Marvel fans in this one is that it, uh, we're re- so he is playing the Mandarin. Uh, yes. So we saw what we thought was Mandarin, Mandarin. in Iron Man three, but it turned out to be. Uh, Trevor Slattery, um, an actor pretending to the Mandarin, but there's, there's been other hints that the Mandarin is real, um, and Marvel are now committing to that. Um, but he's yeah, traditionally an Iron Man villain, isn't he? But in this case, he seems he to be is. a Shang-Chi villain. I don't like the character of the Mandarin. I found him a little bit, um, first of all, very, very uh, racist. <laughs> back yeah. back in the old, uh, back in the old uh, racial stereotypes, because I think he came out in the 1960s, so I can imagine. A lot of the the stereotypes about him were quite badly con- yeah. <laughs> constructed. Yeah. Um, I think they they had to change a lot of his uh, backstory recently. Um, so I do not know, but he has he has ten rings, and each ring has a special power. Okay. Like for example, one ring can you know uh, freeze. Uh, one ring can um, uh, create flames. One ring can change density in outer gravity. So I'm wow. not too sure how he can, will fare uh, against a guy ring- who can do kung fu. Can one ring well. them all? Hmm. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, a guy who can do kung fu is, is not. Unless he just because does does the Mandarin wear the rings on his fingers? Is that how he does this? Yeah, he does. He yeah, does. Just cut the hand off. Job done. I don't think you know how kung fu works, but <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, yeah, I think there, there was a concern about appearing racist um, at Marvel, and so apparently that's that's why they're happier to have a kind of a Chinese hero and Chinese villain as opposed to a. Um, Robert Downey Jr. say facing off against the Mandarin mm. this one. yeah it does seem that February is the slot where they uh, where they widen their diversity having gone for Black Panther and Captain Marvel in that <laughs> slot and now it's uh, Shang-Chi so that is true that is true but I'm looking forward to it I like uh, I like the works of all three of them so I'm, I'm quite excited to see what's going to come up from this cool uh, and then on to May 2021 Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness what a mouthful People, people get are loving this title. I, I, I must, I must admit, I'm not entirely convinced. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely going to the uh, when I go to the cinema. I'm saying a ticket for Doctor Strange too, please. Um, <laughs> well, so there are lots of bits in these titles that I guess people are get excited about. So the first bit is the multiverse, which was hinted at in uh, Spider Man, and kind of hinted at in Endgame, but yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so this is weird. So, spoilers for Spider-Man: Far From Home. Um, Quentin Beck, Mysterio, says that he's from the multiverse. Turns out he's lying. And yet, basically, what we're saying now, I think, is that he correctly guessed that there was a multiverse <laughs> as part of his lie. Which I don't, I don't love that. To be honest, that seems a bit of a cheeky way to introduce it. I mean, especially if it does happen with the snap and it's basically happened exactly the way that he made up. That, that feels, <laughs> that feels like cheating. So that's the first bit that people are excited about because multiverse introduces a lot of possibilities and it could introduce your three Spider-Man film, Colin, that you wanted so much. I wanted so much. I want that so much. Although um, I don't think, don't think that's. I'm sure it could go by multiverse, but um, that's going to be a Sony thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it would be. 
Um, and then the second bit that people are excited about is the madness part of the title. Because um, I think the, the directors are promising that this is going to be a more horror-based uh, film compared to the other Marvel films so far. Although, it's a Disney film after all, so I'm not too sure how far horror goes. It's funny, because yeah, Scott, Scott Derrickson, who's returning to direct from the first one, he, I comic on, I saw him say, oh yes, it's going to be horror tinge. And then literally like two seconds later, Kevin Feige's like, ah, oh, don't worry, it's PG-13. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's, he's making sure that um, the ratings are... Yeah, I don't I don't do horror, but I can th- I can probably do PG-13 horror. <laughs> so. um, we also know that um, The Scarlet Witch will be in it. Because apparently this film comes straight after Wonder Vision, the TV series on the Disney Plus, which Colin has been promoting very actively. So we have um, Disney Plus coming soon to a uh, TV screen near you. Although not that soon, I think um, sometime mid next year in the UK. Yeah, this is, so we're, we're a film podcast, so we're not going to talk too much about the TV series. But um, yes, there's a few uh, again, nothing, well, no new TV series announced that we didn't know about. But um, uh, yeah, One Division is Scarlet Witch and Vision, mm-hmm. and yeah, as you say, this is tying in with it, which I think is a. Uh, interesting because they they're not going to be able to assume that everyone's seen the tv series i don't think i hope not because i'm not planning on getting disney plus you're not see john no. i'm not giving you the commission all oh, my effort has been in vain i'm definitely getting it I'm, I'm really looking forward to these series um can you just like uh you know download it onto a cd tell you what I'll, burn it? I'll give you I'll, I'll phone you and give you my thoughts and feelings that i'll uh, <laughs> That would be much appreciated. Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so it's it's, it's um it's an interesting one because uh, she, she has masses of power, obviously the Scarlet Witch, which I think we might see more of than we have in the films to date. And I don't know whether she's got some kind of multiverse uh, forming powers or um, whether she can kind of break through those. I suspect that might be how part of how they do it. Um, she could do. I mean, both Doctor Strangers and Scarlet Witch's powers are undefined, mm. really, at the moment. And, so and Doctor Strange has become phenomenally more powerful off-screen, hasn't he? So in the, in the first Doctor Strange, yes. he was basically he'd only just found out about this stuff and figuring it out. Whereas, yeah, when he, by the time you see him in Ragnarok, Ragnarok or Infinity War Endgame, uh, he's gained all these amazing powers. So yeah, they can do what mm. they like with it uh, as long as they rein it in. A little bit at times. Um, we also know we're going to see the adult Monica Rambo, so we saw the casting for that. Um, so that's I may have got my Monica and my what's the the other one? Marcia? Yep. I don't know. Um, so I anyway, know this is the 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 small girl in Lieutenant Trouble, as she was known, or Lieutenant Trouble if you're British. Mm. Um, so we saw in Captain Marvel, and she, the, the adult version is in, is in this. She's a superhero though in the comics. I, I mentioned that in the Captain Marvel review. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I'm not surprised that she's back. And is it, if considering that they're really committing to multiverses, this could be where if they want to bring back Black Widow or Iron Man or Rolls, even if it's just for a, a cameo, um, this is the way they could do it. Isn't it? You go into a, you go into a multiverse or into a parallel universe where completely different things happened. That's true. Um, that is very true. Speaking of which, briefly, uh, so one of the series we're getting on Disney Plus is the What If, which is an animated series, but it's got all the um, Seems to have all the original voice, or all the voice cast from the films, and that's going to be lots of uh, what would happen if dot dot dot. So I don't know if uh, Iron Man became the Hulk or something like that. Well, you have to tell me all of this via our nightly phone calls. I will. I look forward to this. What I, what I noticed that wasn't announced um, or mentioned is uh, is whether Rachel McAdams <laughs> is coming back for this. <laughs> I was going to bring that up as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, I may. I may be more uh, more of a fan of Rachel McAdams than many of the people in Hall H. I don't know. Uh, you do. I can't you say that her character, honestly, Christine, um, did much had a significant impact on uh, on the MCU. Nope. But she's Definitely a gr- not. really great actor, and um, I can see why she wouldn't want to sign up if she's just going to play that kind of role again. But uh, if they've got more for her to do, I do wonder if they will though, because they got Scarlet Witch, they got Doctor Strange, they got Multiverses, they got Monica Rambeau. They're not going to really want to have a this subplot, I don't think. So it wouldn't surprise me if they write her out entirely. Speaking well, of uh, of um, notable actresses who were love interests and then disappeared from our screens, other than casual mentions, anything uh, anything else come up in twenty twenty one? Yeah, yes, Colin. You know this is going to happen. It's a uh, Thor, 
Love and Thunder coming out in November 5th, 2021. Hey, uh, Zijan, how old will you be on uh, November 5th, 2021? I, f- I feel like this question's been asked before. <laughs> 21. 21. Well, that's weird, because that's how old you were exactly a year before that. That's how my age works, Colin. All right. Um, yeah, so so we, we found out shortly before Comic-Con that Taika Waititi is back to direct, mm-hmm. um, which was, I think, uh, which was leaked. I think they're a bit annoyed by that. Um, but we found out so much more in Thor Love and Thunder panel. Jane Foster's back. Jane Foster's back. I, to be honest, of all the news from Comic-Con, this is the thing I'm, I'm most excited about, I think. Because I, I liked her character. I liked the, the way she played off Thor in the first two. And then they just kind of, she clearly didn't want to do it anymore. She was like, she didn't, for, for Endgame, she didn't even come back. For, she came back to voice some stuff, but they used archive footage and a different actress in the distance. Mm. Um, so I'm amazed, to be honest, that. that she's why back. though? Like, yeah, why is she back? <laughs> why did why did that department change her mind? Um, well, I think because they've actually given her something to do. Um, so she had something to do in Tor too. She did. She she had plenty to do. But I think she I think she maybe didn't love the scripts for those. And Thor two is not one of the most beloved films. Mm. Uh, she probably had the most to do for a love interest. Yeah, I mean the MCU doesn't really do love interests a great deal. You, you got one or two, but. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think I think the first Thor she had plenty to do. I think maybe Thor two she didn't like the script, and um, I don't know whether there was a Thor three script with her in it or not. I sh- I, sh- I don't know. Uh, but in this one, she becomes the mighty Thor. Yeah. Uh, so she's got a lot to do. She's basically well, she's basically the title character if you think about it. She is. Um, so I, I suspect we'll see a, a significant amount for her to do in this one. So um, just to bring some comic background into this as well. Oh yeah. Jane Foster in the comics has cancer hmm. and um, she goes undergoes chemotherapy as well but whenever she turns into uh, Thor the whole chemotherapy effect gets reversed so she has to battle between becoming a hero and saving her life alright yeah so maybe they could bring it in maybe she disappeared because she was undergoing treatment for cancer for example didn't know that Hmm? Do you think they'll do Maybe. that? Yeah. Maybe. Well, that was the background in the story, but it creates quite a bit of conflict for her, which is quite good, like internal conflict. Because it's just a debate of trying to be a hero, you know, saving your life, right? Your own life. Yeah. I, I'm i not sure I go the cancer route, maybe they will. Um, but uh, how does she become Thor? Uh, well, because the real Thor, uh, Chris Hemsworth, uh, ceased to be worthy of the hammer. Okay. And then she just picked it up. And, and that's it, it just becomes Thor. Yeah, it's like Captain America becomes Thor, right? I guess so. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Um, that's interesting. But yeah, I think they've always... They've always kind of kept mentions of her. So she's mentioned a couple of times in Endgame. Obviously, you see, you see as well, not just in um, in the when they go back in time. She's mentioned in a couple of Avengers films. You see pictures and stuff. So I think they've always kind of had in the back of the mind, if the opportunity arises, we'd love, we'd love to do it. So I think that's great. I'm really happy about that. Um, Tessa Thompson obviously is back. Yes, it's Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Um, Chris Hemsworth. So I didn't like what he did in, in Endgame. Um, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that worked at all. I, I, I loved what he did in Ragnarok. But my, my worry is, I know he's a big fan of the kind of the new direction they've taken Thor in this more comedic thing, but it was exactly the same thing he did in, in Men in Black. Um, and I'm... I'm not sure Taika Waititi is the man to rein him in. Uh, in fact, I, much as I love Hunt for Wonder People and, and Ragnarok, I do, I do wonder whether Taika Waititi is about to uh, jump the shark. Cause I've seen the trailer for uh, Jojo Rabbit where he plays Hitler. Uh-huh, yeah. And I do wonder if that's... <laughs> I've, my, my fear is that's going to hit a wall hard. Um so, I don't know, I could be wrong, but by the time Thor Love and Thunder comes around, I think Taika Waititi might not be as well-loved as he is at this minute. Yeah, I think uh, Kevin Feige has a lot more control over him than... Con- control over the direction of the film than he's led out to be, so... Yeah. I, 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 just, okay. I just hope that Thor doesn't go for quite so many laughs all the time. I like it more. I think, I think Chris Hemsworth just enjoys being the comic relief. He does. He does. And you know, I don't know how Natalie Portman's going to do it because I mean, she's done comedies before. Obviously she's done, well, she's an Oscar winner for her dramas as well, but um, uh, I think she's quite quite funny when she wants to be. And Tom mm-hmm. Tess Thompson can do a whole range of stuff. So, um, so those are the films that are definitively announced. 
Um, in the next couple of years. Next couple of years. Uh, in a brief, brief throwaway bit to the end, he, Kevin Feige also confirmed Black Panther two, Captain Marvel two, Guardians three, Fantastic Four, and X. Well, interestingly, yes, he said mutants rather than X Men. So we'll see how they go with that. Um, and there's one more announcement, Zijan. Two-time yes. Oscar winner Mahershala Ali uh, will be playing Blade. Taking away from Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's apparently the rumor is, or the story is, that um, Mahershala Ali, after he'd won his second Oscar, phoned up Kevin Feige or bumped into a party or something, and said, "Yo, make me Blade." <laughs> Kevin Feige's like, "Really? All right." Because um, what I'd forgotten is that. He, He's actually in um, in Luke Cage as Cottonmouth. Yes, as Cottonmouth. He was the best thing about Luke Cage, to be fair. Yeah, he, I mean, he's such a great actor. Uh, lots of presence in... Lots of presence. Lots of charisma. Yeah, it's... I've not seen Moonlight, which I know you have, but um, he, was, he was so good in, uh, in Green Book. Um, so I think this is great casting. Uh, I don't know. I, either they're going to fast-track it more likely it's going to be 2022, I would have thought. Mm. I don't know how Marvel is going to fit all of these into... You know, because this is Phase 4, right? It has to end somewhere. I wonder where they're going with this trajectory with all these new characters. Yeah, I mean, I, off the top of my head, there's a possibility they'll play some of them in, in pocket, or kind of in other dimensions. So if you want... If you want to say Blade is in a different dimension, different universe, you can do that. I'm not sure they will go down that route. Uh, yeah, it, I, this is partly why I don't think this is all of Phase 4. is because the other phases are built towards, like, to Avengers, Avengers, you know, Age of Ultron, exactly, yeah. um, Infinity War, Iron Game. Um, although, weirdly, the the last film of each phase seems to be a quite... was like an Ant-Man or a Spider-Man, but there you go. Um, I, I'm sure they're building towards... I'm not sure what it'll be called Avengers. Um, but I'm sure they're building towards something. There's got to be an event movie in every every few years. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have all my faith in Marvel and Feige. Yeah. There's, there's nothing in this lot to make you think they're going to go badly wrong. Um, exactly. So we also know they've got um, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV series. Um, they've got a Hawkeye TV series where we're going to see Kate Bishop. The young Hawkeye. Um, young Hawkeye. That's it. Yeah. 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 I don't know whether that be his daughter or whether we I know it's not his daughter in the comics is it but I wonder whether they will make it his daughter in this uh, am I missing anything I'm sure there's one more oh Loki of course mm-hmm. um, coming back coming back uh, right there is wow. San Diego Comic Con has stuff that isn't Marvel <laughs> but not a lot uh, well, no. not a lot of interest so um, uh, a lot of trailers though lots of trailers lots of trailers San Diego yeah. Comic Con so I think my favourite uh, new trailer was Top Gun Maverick uh, that looks pretty awesome Tom Cruise flying fighter jets um, I like the way they're because I, I don't love Top Gun actually I think it's I mean, it's incredibly cheesy it's not one of my favourite oh, Top Gun films by any means yeah it's pretty bad but I like the fact that they're committing to this as a Top Gun sequel because I thought they'd just make it Mission Impossible change the names but they in the tra- <laughs> in in the, yeah. in in the trailer you see you see people playing shirtless volleyball, which if if we remember anything about Top Gun, it's the shirtless volleyball. So uh, fair play to them for committing to uh, to that. Uh, <laughs> I did enjoy the fact. So we mentioned earlier, I mentioned earlier that uh, China is going to be the hugest or the biggest market for films. Um, clearly, they want to make sure they don't offend the Chinese. Um, so they've changed some of the flags on the back of his jacket to make them less offensive. <laughs> uh, to the Chinese market because uh, there was a Japanese flag and I think a Tibetan flag and uh, they're worried how that would play in Beijing apparently so. oh wow huh. interesting I didn't see a trailer um, I'm not going to watch this film unless you make me watch it I am going to make you watch this yeah. <sighs> I need to find oh let's watch The Little Mermaid Colin. oh you <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's maintain the pretense of uh, cohesion whilst we're uh, recording, and we can have this argument. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll make my dad do the do, uh, do the Little Mermaid tra- uh, <laughs> podcast with you since he made me watch Little Mermaid all those years ago. Seems, seems fair. I, mean, I say no one no one loves Tom Cruise as much. I love Tom Cruise, surely, but um, James Ashton's a big fan of Tom Cruise. Really? Yeah. Um, ah. That doesn't mean anything to our listeners. But, um, nope. Uh, anything else from Comic-Con? Uh, I think the only other bit that I have is that John Connor is returning. Mm. But not just any John Connor. 
Yeah, the actual actual John Connor from the first. Uh, is it the second Terminator? Terminator Two. Terminator Two. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, so Edward Furlong is the actor's name. Yes, and he'll be coming back in Terminator Dark Fate. Because um, we've had John Connors in more or less all of them. Um, yep. But Christian Bale played him. Yes, in, in Salvation we had. Uh, uh, I can't remember playing in Genesis. Was it Jai Courtney? Was he the other one? Yeah, no, no, it's not Jai Courtney. No. Jai Courtney is the. He, no, what's the name of the other guy? I can't remember. He was in Everest. <laughs> That's the guy. Anyway, uh, we know our films. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, because uh, oh, the, the guy who goes back in time um, with the Terminator yes. is, was Jai Courtney, yes. wasn't he? But was it played by yes. Anton Yelchin in, in Terminator Salvation? Um, anyway. We're going to get to Edward Furlong. I suspect, based on the trailers we've seen so far, not in a huge role. I suspect he's going to be fairly brief. Um, not least because I'm not sure Edward Furlong has acted for a very long time. Um, no. I think you say Sarah Connor is back. He so. went off the uh, the rails a bit, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, no. This, so a lot of these things happen to Charles Stars. Yeah. Kyle Reese um, was the, <laughs> the other one. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, yes, so, so we saw, um, James Cameron's confirmed it's going to be R-rated, which I don't think is a surprise. Mm. Uh, this could be good. It's hard to say. When's it coming out again? Uh, next year, is it? I think it's next year. Um, I'm all for seeing Linda Hamilton back again. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate is coming out in... Oh, this, no, it is this year, isn't it? It's coming out in November. Um, in fact, we're doing a... Are we doing a podcast on that? I can't remember. Anyway, we might do. Or we might not. Yeah. Uh, that's all the something at Comic-Con I had as well. Me too. Ah, that was a lot of That news. was a lot of stuff. And we are three quarters through our podcast. We are. Um, let's, let's very quickly do to see what I said. I saw, point, <laughs> um, I saw the original Point Break. It was, it was great. Um, surprisingly great. It makes no sense at all, but I had a lot of fun. Okay. And I saw A Simple Favour. Oh yeah, on Netflix. On Netflix, isn't it? yeah, uh, yeah, it's not great. It tries to be the new Gone Girl, huh? which obviously, uh, yeah, but it doesn't do it very well. Fine. Um, so there you go. Watch Point Break. Don't watch uh, Simple Favor. Although actually, I'm going to watch Simple Favor because of my Netflix queue. But never mind. <laughs> um, we move on then to our second uh, main topic of the day. Yes. Uh, the Lion King. It's back. It's more photorealistic than ever. It's. Um, it's the same story the same story the same songs one of the same actors yeah pretty uh, much the it's same. still Hamlet with lions it is directed by John Favreau um, I would propose that we don't do uh, spoilers non-spoilers because everyone knows the story of the Lion King they should do by now I mean it's been out for a long time also it's Hamlet so come on exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently there are uh, 1400 uh, shots in this film and one of them isn't CGI. It's which an, one was it's it? It's an actual shot. They haven't revealed which one it is. Um, oh, wow. So John Favreau's going around interviews just saying, just basically to show off how good their computer effects are, that so there is one real one in there. My guess is that there's a shot of some clouds at one point that looks <laughs> look a bit different to me, so I'm going for that. <laughs> well, so John, Far- John Farrow made this on the back of The Jungle Book, which got very good reviews. Yep. And I enjoyed The Jungle Book as well. Um, I thought it was really good. It was done very well. It played homage to the real story of The Jungle Book, the cartoon, without being too uh, derivative of it. Yeah, and because the original was quite episodic, wasn't it? I, I've not read the, the Roger Kipling books. I don't know how similar or otherwise. But mm. yeah, it felt more of a, of a narrative tied together in the, in, the, in the remake, I think. So The Lion King... Um, I'm going to say come out straight away. The one thing I, that's really good about it is obviously the the any the animation. Yes, it's amazing. It's, it's astounding. It's it is, looks absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it's it's amazing that we've come this far actually this quickly because it doesn't feel like that long ago that I don't know you saw Sully and Monsters Inc and everyone's going crazy about that and that's just yeah um, okay that was quite a long time ago but um to to get where we are in this time though it's you, you, honestly you cannot tell the difference between these. Shots in reality, it's phenomenal. It, it's beautiful. Like I'm pretty sure, like all the hairs on individual hairs on the on Simba were all properly animated, so yeah. that they oh, the amount of work that went into this, it's astounding. Speaking of CGI, it reminds me. Um, we talked about Wesley Snipes has played earlier. Did you know in in Blade Trinity, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was a shot where he, um, he was lying down and he had to open his eyes, and he refused to do it. So they had to CGI his eyes on him. Um, <laughs> Why did he refuse to open his eyes? I I think by the time they got to the third one, he he well he'd fallen out of the director, so he wouldn't speak to him. He'd only talk to him <laughs> via post-it notes. Um, uh, I think he was just going through a thing. <laughs> I don't know. Ah. Anyway, um, so and the CGI eyes look weird there, but they're much better here. I think eyes was always the problem, actually. It was a thing that people that they were really struggling with, and that's not the case here. The eyes look phenomenal as well as everything else. Everything looks so good. And I think, for me, that's the only good thing I can say about this remake. I didn't okay. like it as much um, as the original film. The original film has a very special place in my heart. And I think one of the main issues that I didn't like about this and what animation does so much better back in the in cartoons is that real life animals cannot emote. Hmm. Well, at all. Okay. Dogs. Can. The problem is in this, uh, especially in this uh, film. I thought that like Zazu, the hornbill. That's uh, like, John, half John the time, Oliver, I, isn't it? Yeah, John Oliver. Half the time, like his mouth doesn't move the same way as the way he talks, which was very bizarre <laughs> for me. <laughs> like he, he just moves in a different way, and it just took me so out of the film like and the way is like in the original film you do feel for the characters you feel a lot of empathy for it because they do convey a lot of human emotions whereas in this and i don't think it does it very well and in the jungle book it doesn't have this much of an issue because you have an actual real human character in it as mowgli being yeah, the, you know center, being yeah, the yeah. Yeah, being the center of it so he can convey the human emotions through it whereas in this film i i just couldn't empathize with him as much as I wanted it, to because I couldn't feel the anger or the the pain or the emotion and I think the voice acting isn't as good as well compared to the animation it's interesting so talking about emoting so the, the Andy Serkis did his version of the Jungle Book um, about a year after he got, got it out on Netflix uh, and his decision was to make the animals look a bit less realistic but mm-hmm. more kind of anthropomorphize so you so you would see the emotion on the faces and i think that was a good idea um i can see why they haven't gone down the street because if you can make something look exactly like a lion why don't you um i didn't find it as bad as i thought i would have in that respect um because i know i'd heard that elsewhere this thing we say about the the mouths moving because i did see a clip on some chat show or other where um it's one of the songs and it felt so weird seeing a lion mouthing a song um but in the film i didn't find that to be an issue so yes I I didn't have those issues I just found it quite boring um, because it's just pointless I guess I think well you've taken the cartoon which I've seen I saw in the cinema I'm not sure I've seen it since it's very good this is just doing the same thing again but it looks different I think it just feels very lacklustre compared to the and it's also about the voice acting because I don't really remember the voice actors from the first one it's been so long um I I personally thought Beyonce's voice is a bit jarring. I was gonna say Beyonce. I don't think I don't think was good. Um, I don't think her songs were good in this. I don't think her. I know no, she, she likes she likes to do runs. In yeah, her songs. It doesn't fit. Can you feel the love tonight? Not at all. Just, not at all. And the new song she did was completely forgettable. Um, <laughs> the the only exception I would make. I thought Timon and Pumbaa were really good in this. I think they were the highlight. Me of this too. Film. Yeah. And the the best part of this film that is completely new and not in the not in the original film was the part where they sang Be Our Guest. That was unexpected, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was my favourite bit of the film. And I think they so is um Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner uh they clearly ad libbed a lot of it. Mm. Um in fact, I know they they've said they have, but um unlike a lot of ad libbed comedy, which most of the time I watch an improv film i just think why on earth didn't you get someone to write this but um <laughs> but there's work for, they bounce very well off each other they fit the tone they, they, they do go a little bit better at times so they, was it there's one bit where um seth rogan's like you've aged like you've you've grown to like three times your size in the course of this song and we haven't changed at all <laughs> so, <laughs> which i thought was very funny uh so yeah that was definitely a highlight but otherwise i was watching it thinking i just want i want the next song i like the songs just, just get through this bit of plot so we can have another song yeah i think I think I have to admit myself as well. After watching this, I'm not really looking forward to any of the future Disney films. Really? And I, I love Disney. Um, Ooh, does that mean we're not going to watch them anymore? Well, we'll see. 
I thought um, to, uh, isn't she said voice acting because Beyonce I thought wasn't very good but um, Chirita Ejia 4 I thought was really good actually a scar I, I do like his scar I do like his scar um I think, I think Beyonce is the one that stands out yeah. the most as being yeah. very... Yeah, it doesn't... F- like, especially since, like, her little Nala doesn't sound at all like grown-up mm. Nala. That's fair. Although I don't know how much uh, Matthew Broderick sounded like whoever voiced Baby Simba back in the day. Uh, mm. And Donald Glover's always great, so that's that fun. I'll tell you my main... Uh, the only thing that annoyed me about this film um, mm. is that I saw it in a cinema with a bunch of kids. Um... And I had to sit through two separate Angry Birds 2 trailers before the film started. That can't be right. <laughs> it looked awful, didn't it? It looked so bad. <laughs> um, God, kids have all got mobile phones these days. Did you know that? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so just, yeah, I think it's, it's polarised critics this one because I think a lot of people are like, this, this is utterly pointless. These, yeah, as you say, they don't emote, blah blah blah. Uh, but it has got some good reviews, like they've got four stars in the Times, I think, and saying it got gave the film longer to breathe, and it's half an hour longer than the uh, than the original. Uh, I feel like of all the Disney films, I think this is one of the more well loved yeah. Disney films. I think it's going to gather a lot of people who will be on one side or the other whether this needs to be remade or not. So. I am not surprised that of that. So we're getting Mulan later this year, aren't we? And I, I imagine they're going to do a, change that a lot more. That's going to be very different, though. They yeah. are not going to have any songs whatsoever, and they're going to change a lot of the characters as well. Some of them don't even exist in the cartoon. So, so it feels like it's more an adaptation of the of the the legend the, rather than the actual legend, which which may be a good thing, though. Which may be a mm. good thing, given how you know. I mean, Aladdin hasn't had the best reviews either. Uh, Dumbo hasn't. No, yeah, not very bad reviews. Well. Yeah. So, it's been, so maybe it's a good change for them. Maybe it's a whole because I don't know they've planned another eighty of these or something over the next. Yeah, years, but maybe they they should take a hint and ease off. Um, here's one complaint I have, and this is actually a complaint about the original as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you might. Be able to answer me. So, um, so Scar becomes the king in, in yep. the absence, uh, and he's a, and he's he's not a good king. Nope. In fact, he's such a bad king that he causes a drought. Yes. How does that happen? <laughs> the wonders of the African savanna. Right. So nature can just tell. Is that what we're saying? It does. Yeah. Because then, when Simba comes back, suddenly lush green grass everywhere. <laughs> I mean, Mufasa is the clouds, right? So the. Mufasa leaves with the rain All right. and then he comes back with the clouds. That was a weird bit, actually, because obviously in the original it was stars, but I, I couldn't really see much of a lion head in those clouds. I really, no. <laughs> I, I thought that was weird how little they tried to make it look like he was there, because that's the point. Mm. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, nothing much Probably to rattle through that. Um, let's, uh, let's move on then to Actor Factor, where we talk about the films of a particular actor, and uh, this time it is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. JGL himself. Uh, do you want to JGL. He he was big for a while. He was huge for uh, for a period of up, oh, about twenty twelve maybe. Yeah, he was starring hits after hits after hits, um, and I don't know what happened after that. He just kind of disappeared for a bit. He has a bit. He has. Mm. Uh, although he's he's busy. He's got a thing called Hit Record or Hit Record, um, which is encouraging creative people. He's always banging on about on Twitter. Okay. Okay. You follow him on Twitter. I do. I do. Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring up JGL because I wanted to talk about 500 Days of Summer. Go for it. Yeah, I love 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> so I'm going to say. That was it, was it? Oh, brilliant. Uh, this, uh, uh, good, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you made a whole segment around that. that was, uh, <laughs> uh, it's a great film. It's isn't such it? a um, good film. So it's. Yeah, well, do you want to explain what it is? Uh, it's touted as a romantic comedy, but it's not supposed to be a love story. I think it changes the whole idea of the romantic comedy on its head, mm. which I loved. And I mean, so Summer is well, a girl that uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's um, character falls in love with. And we find out throughout these 500 days how they met. And I'm not going to spoil it too much because this film is great. And yeah, and, and the, the kind of the, the USP is that it's, um, you don't see the days in order, do you? So you jump around no. and see, it'll tell you day 306, day 42, or else. Uh, yeah, I first time I didn't love it, second time I, I kind of got it. More, I think if, if when you know where it's going, I think you can appreciate mm. it more. Um, I think it's a very clever film. It's done yeah. very well. It's really good. And, and yeah, those two of them, Jessica Nevin and Zoe Deschanel, are great together. So, 
great chemistry. Um, is that the only one you just? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to talk about, Colin. We can. I mean, so we, he was in the Dark Knight Rises. He was as, as Robin. Robin. Yeah, twist. People hated yeah. that twist. I, I thought it was really cool. But, uh... Yeah, the Dark Knight Rises suffers from a lot of things, and two main characters is one of them. Um, he was obviously in Looper, which I'm sure we talked about. With um, Emily Blunt. Yeah, in fact, this he's this is his uh, third film with Ryan Johnson. Um, so he was in Brick, which uh, is really good. It's, it's kind of a film noir, but in a high school. Uh, so if you've seen films like Maltese Falcon or um, The Big Sleep, things like that, maybe. Uh, then Tommy The Big Sleep, maybe not. Anyway, um, this is basically a lot of the same tropes, but in a high school. He starred in that. Um, pretty much his first big thing, well, maybe after uh, Third Rock from the Sun. Um, but his first big film, I think. Mm. Uh, and then he was uncredited in The Brothers Bloom, which is it's kind of a, a, it's a bit like Hustle, I suppose. It's one of the Mark Ruffalo and um, yeah, Adrian Brody. Not Adrian Brody. Who's the guy who won an Oscar for the pianist? Is it Adrian Brody? Adrian Brody. Yeah. Um, they play brothers who are common. Uh, Rachel Weisz is in, and to be honest, I think she really, really grates on me, actually, her performance in that film. Uh, but he, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has, is uncredited in that, and obviously mm-hmm. Looper. And uh, I, I think he was going to be a, a stormtrooper, but I don't know if, if that ever came to pass. <laughs> um, I know that rumour came about, yes. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, I think he's, yeah, he's basically Ryan Johnson's lucky job. Mm. For a while. Huh? Um, yeah. Do you ever see Beethoven? I've not seen Beethoven. Oh, that's the the blue dog, right? The dog, yeah. I think I might have seen it at a birthday party many, many years ago uh, as a kid. But apparently he's in that. Um, there's a film called A River Runs Through It, which is an uh, adaptation of an American novel, I think, starring Brad Pitt. It's quite, it's, it's, it's not bad, actually. It's kind of quite slow, laconic um, film, but he has, a, he has a minor role in that as a kid. Uh, 50-50 I've talked about before, but I, I love 50-50. I think it's a great film. Um, he d- discovers that he's got cancer, and oh. it's kind of a comedy, but not in the. It's it's not an offensive it's dark comedy. comedy is it? Yeah, it's oh. sorry. It's quite a dark comedy. Dark isn't comedy, it? yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, but not in such a way that it's. I think it takes it, it takes the subject matter seriously. I mean, it's written. I think it was written by a guy, um, either who had cancer or his best friend had cancer. I can't remember who it was now. Um, so obviously, it's. it's Features real life experiences as well, but yeah, he he he's great in that. Seth Rogen's great in that. Um, Anna Kendrick, Bryce Dallas Howard, really good. Um, uh, Lincoln, did you ever see Lincoln? I've not seen Lincoln. I really haven't. He plays uh, Lincoln's son, right? That's right. Yeah, it's not a huge role by any means. It was during that period when he was in everything. So just yes, that's the thing. Like he was big for a period of time. Mm. Um, Snowden, which I've talked about before, I think, where he plays Edward Snowden. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not bad and Don John which I've talked about before which is a um, kind of weird film where he plays a guy who's addicted to pornography and ends up dating Julianne Moore oh wow so mm-hmm. uh, 12 films there have you got any more that you've not uh, uh, just Inception right which you've seen as well I'm yes sure. I forgot to mention Inception yes yeah okay. uh, so do you have a favourite um, <laughs> 500 Days of Summer yeah. by Bal I've seen that so many times really I still love it uh, and the least favourite Looper, but it's not a bad film by any mm. chance. It's just not his best out of the four. Uh, I'm going to say my favorite. It might even be fifty fifty. Actually, I, mean, I love Inception as well. That's one of those two. Me too. Yeah. Um, and least favorite. I'm going to say Brothers Bloom. I don't think it. Well, again, not a bad film, but I'm not sure it quite works. Oh. Um, next time, um, Alison Janney. Okay. Um, who, for, I, I had a quick look just to make sure that uh, I, I had enough to talk about and to see whether yep. I thought you would. She has made so many films. And, she has. And, she has. And several of them I've watched and like, I have n- no recollection of Alice and Janney being in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, look forward to that happening next time. Um, Sounds good. Uh, we move on then to our final segment, uh, which is the quiz, which I believe you have the chance to pull levels, Ejen, uh, for the uh, year. This is a tough quiz. This has been a good run for you, but uh, it's... It's films directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, Give me a sec. Give me a sec. I need to get my phone. All right. There's a questions on it. Wait a minute. No wonder you're winning all these quizzes. You got the... No, I haven't. Come. I need to get my phone because I wrote my 
I wrote my questions on the, the notes bit. You've got ready, um, ready access to the internet. This is outrageous. Yes, because I'm not recording this on a laptop which has internet access either. <laughs> oh dear. If, um, if it sounds like Zijan's answering these questions quickly, it's only because Zijan's editing at this time. He's cutting out five minutes of tapping away on the old, uh, on the old computer. I'm back. You ready to go? Uh, yes, this was a very, very difficult quiz, quiz, uh, to write questions for, I have to say. Okay. It was tough. I didn't find difficult to write questions, but I didn't bother researching any answers, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, uh-huh. that's, that's not quite true. I'll have to flick through. Uh, question one for you, Zijan. Um, who produced Lockstock, uh, Snatch, and Swept Away? Who produced? Mm. <sighs> Swept Away. So Lock, <laughs> Lockstock, Two Swing Manual, Snatch, and Swept Away. They all had one producer. Who was it? One, oh... Wow. I was going to say Madonna, but because it's swept away, right? <laughs> uh, you going with Madonna? He probably... It wouldn't be Madonna, because he would, she wouldn't be involved in the first two films, I think. I'm going to go with Dexter Fletcher. All right. Uh, Guy Rich. No, sorry. Uh, Matthew Vaughan. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Question one. Which of Guy Rich's films had a working title of Love, Sex, Drugs and Money? Loves. That's pretty much all his films. Yeah, I gotta say that doesn't rule up. <laughs> Love, sex, drugs, and money. I'm gonna say that was rock and roller. They were swept away. Was it really? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Lord. So bizarre. It's probably the um, least one. <laughs> question two for you: What was the nickname of Benicio del Toro's character in Snatch? Oh. This is gonna be a very low score. I gotta say, we, we might not score many. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, there's so many characters with so many weird nicknames in all his films. Something like Ed the Head or something. Uh, four Fingers. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. Um, question two. Uh, the Man from Uncle is set in the background of which war? The Cold War. Yeah, that's correct. That's a great film. Um, question three. Which Guy Ritchie film is a remake of a 1974 film? That's swept away, right? That is swept away. Hmm. Uh, question three. Which is Guy Ritchie's most successful film financially? Because he's made some really, really bad films. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure whether Lockstock have reached outside this country. Um, I'm going to say... I think it's probably one of the Sherlock Holmes films. I'm going to say the first one, Sherlock Holmes. You're wrong. It's Aladdin. Oh, is it really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, question four. Who did Eddie Marsden play in the two Sherlock Holmes movies? Eddie Marsden. Do I even know who this is? Uh, maybe. Uh, uh, I think you recognise him. Uh, Eddie Marsden. So he's a guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to lock down all the Sherlock Holmes characters I know. Um, is it Mycroft? Uh, no, not my child. It was Inspector Lestrade. Oh, and Mycroft is yeah. played by Stephen Fry. Oh, really? Hmm. Huh. I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen those hmm. films. Um, question four: In which of Guy Ritchie films are characters called Wet Stick, Backlack, and Blue? Wet Stick, Backlack, and Blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, Revolver. It's uh, King Arthur, <laughs> Legend of the Sword. Really? Yeah. Good Lord. Um, question five. Uh, Which film ends with a title card suggesting that Johnny, Archie and the Wild Bunch will be back? I know the Wild Bunch. I, it has to be Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, right? Hopefully. Uh, no, it was Rock and Roller. Ah, uh, they are not yet back. But uh, oh yes, yes. Oh well. So it's one all with just one question to go. Can I pull out a victory on this? I'm sure you that can. We've done very badly. Because <laughs> it's a Sherlock Holmes uh, question anyway. Okay. So the quote uh, that Sherlock and uh, Watson said unanimously in the first film: "The game's afoot. Follow your spirit, and upon this barge, cry God for Harry, England, and Saint George." It's from which Shakespearean play? Oh. Oh, I should know this. Um, well, it's it's King Henry the 
You can just draw a level, Colin. It's fine. It's perfectly uh, fine. King to be Henry the, the tie with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> King Henry Don't the worry about it. King Henry the Fourth. Do you want a part? It's King Henry the Fifth. King Henry the Fifth. Oh, there's so many Henrys. That's there are there. Are. Well, one all. We nailed that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's our quiz topic for next time? I think this should give us more points. I was thinking because of uh, the announcements of a female Thor, we'll do the Thor series. Nice. Um, and bear in mind that you may not remember. What's our no, topic? I really don't remember this. What's our topic for next time, Dish? <laughs> what's, what's that you say? 2009 in film? Ah, yes, yes. That's what I said. That's what 2009 you said. in film, Colin. I look forward to asking you what you did in 2009. <laughs> Bye.